The way that I think art should embed ideas of care and taking care is is not necessarily by giving solutions, but to kind of enhance the way we maybe look at things, understand things and experience things. And so um, I've started looking into care ethics as a context and to see how relevant um, it was in my um, dialogic practice, which is, you know, the dialogic practice is really uh, a way to approach making, art making, uh, when it relates to others. Welcome to Creativity Pioneers, a podcast by the Moleskine Foundation. Here, we engage in conversations with unique creative minds to explore and expand our understanding of creativity and its transformative power. This season is a collection of live talks that were recorded during the first European lockdown. I'm your host, Adam Asanne, Moleskine Foundation CEO. Please subscribe now to our podcast on the platform of your choice and tune in for new episodes. I look forward to reading your thoughts and comments on our social media channels. Enjoy the conversation. I'm very happy that, that you're here with us, so thank you. Elena Coloni, uh, she lives and works in Cambridge, she's an artist, uh, a researcher, a philosopher, um, and uh, she's been in the UK uh, since a while. Uh, it, you know, she studied in Italy, uh, she had a BA in, uh, in arts from uh, Brera um, uh, University, and, uh, and then, you know, basically fast forward, she earned a PhD at Leeds University uh, in a fine arts and philosophy, and uh, in Central St. Martin also. Um, then also she has a postdoc as a research fellow at the Central St. Martin. Um, it's quite an important university. Then a research fellow at York uh, University. Uh, and now she currently uh, also teaches, uh, she's a research fellow at the Cambridge School of Arts um, in Faculty of Arts and Humanities. So this is, you know, quite uh, quite a CV uh, from uh, from an academic standpoint. Uh, but 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 besides that, I think the... Some of the most interesting parts about your your work is your practice as an artist, uh, and I think one of the element you know that is particularly interesting is the um, your uh, attention to the to an inter- interdisciplinary approach and to really uh, look at the artistic research when it intersects with environmental psychology, with care ethics, with philosophy and gender study. Elena, how's it going? Well, not too bad, actually. Yeah, yeah. The words that we uh, agreed with with Elena, I think they're very relevant now. One is care, then the other one is dialogic, and the third one is place. So, Elena, you know, these three words, I think, you know, we will see during this conversation how much these are relevant and connect with, uh, with the current situation. So, um, what... What 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 did you think? What what started in you? What uh, what made you think? You know, intellectually, when when we were started discussing about these three words. Well, um, first of all, uh, the idea is that um, um, that uh, the, these three words were already um, words that I embedded in my own practice and that I've dealt with before. And um, and in, in this situation, they become particularly relevant, as you're saying. And so. Um, well, first of all, is the idea that um, 
care is to do with um, uh, fostering connectivities as well as um, uh, looking sort of connectivities that can can possibly look at problems in societies and um, and um, and find ways to tackle them in some ways. Um, now, the the way that um, I think art should um, embed ideas of care and taking care is is not necessarily by giving solutions, but to kind of enhance the way we maybe look at things, understand things, and experience things. And so um, I've started looking into care ethics as a context and to see how relevant um, it was in my um, dialogic practice, which is, you know, the dialogic practice is really uh, a way to approach making, art making, uh, when it relates to others. And so when it's participatory, when it's collaborative and so on, which also means that, um, you know, for instance, at different stages in the creation of the work in its conceptualization there would be collaborations that are beyond the artistic realm and as you quite rightly mentioned um, I have had um, uh, interesting conversations um, and, and collaborations with um, uh, philosophers psychologists and um, uh, well mainly from two disciplines and, um, and care ethics is in fact uh, a branch of philosophy so um, and then the other thing that I was going to mention is that care ethics is also very much linked to feminism and uh, and in particular the aspect of feminism that I'm uh, that I uh, uh, relate to is ecofeminism, where um, a, a, a wider sense of understanding of this of this relation with one another also includes um, other species and the environment and so it's kind of again. Uh, and it's not only to do with the biology of being a woman, it's a bit more of a wider thing. Um, so I think um, the, the last uh, sort of introductory thing that I'm going to say is that actually um, what we can see that is happening at the moment is um, that uh, there are instances of uncare taking place around us um, in, in domestic settings, um, in social settings, in environmental settings. And so I think that um, there is a, a, a bit of a, um, of a confusion going on. And, and, and we uh, think that, you know, the people and institutions who are supposed to take care of us, in fact, uh, they're not doing that, um, and uh, and with the, with the pretext to actually care for us, what they do, and the result is actually they they uh, produce these um, uncaring uh, kind of uh, um, situation. One of which is the one we find ourselves um, in now. So uh, because um, this pandemic, it's kind of is possibly the production of a series of. Um, uh, of of um, uncaring situations and and uh, uh, that we might have contributed ourselves to, but uh, you know we should also face that that possibly is the case. Yes, because I'm, you know, I think you know because you use and you, you mentioned like uh, a few very important um, um, uh, concepts. Uh, and words that that there is a world behind it, and and I think we would like to to kind of fix a couple of them. Um, you know, the first one is is what you mentioned first. It is the ethics of care, because uh, again, um, it is it is 
quite a fascinating practice, especially to reread it about it or reconsidering it now. Uh, you know, at some point, the active of care, active of care, they had some issues even within the feminist movement, you know, because it was accused to somehow recreating, you know, or, or, uh, you know, uh, certain biological attitudes of women versus the one of men. And yeah. so therefore, like, recreated certain stereotypes. But I think it comes back and I think it comes back, uh, now more relevant than ever, even for, its larger uh, human um, uh, meaning of it. So, because uh, the ethic of care, in the end, is, as you said, is a branch of, of philosophy. Yeah. Uh, but that the interesting part is that it put um, at the center a concept like interpersonal relationship, yeah. uh, you know, benevolence, as you said, as a virtue. It, 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 and again, so care stay at the center of that practice and that attitude and that perspective. Things that is now particularly relevant and important. So can you give, tell us a little bit more about that? So to explain that concept and how they came about and how do you relate to it? Yeah. So um, the, so what is really kind of central in my interest in care ethics is is the relational aspect of it so the idea of um uh the emphasis of on the the responsibility we have for one another and the fact that uh there is an ethical closeness that we should emphasize in the way in which we relate to one another and so um uh, uh, emotions such as empathy uh, uh, sympathy empathy um sensibility and responsiveness are at the very basis of um, care ethics. And so um, one of the care ethicists I have um, kind of had a a dialogue with is um, Virginia Held, who's uh, based in New York, uh, and as as much as most of actually care ethicists. And um, and, uh, and, um, her um, interest in in these particular, in the the way we, we take responsibility for our mutual um, understanding and caring um, is is at the basis of what she talks about. But particularly in terms of the relationship between care and the cared for, uh, it's not the fact that actually I take care of you. And so I'm in a position of somehow um, um, I'm in a different position. I mean, the the mutual caring for one another, um, it's really at the base of what she discusses. So these these kind of uh, reciprocity of of, uh, caring and of understanding actually one another, it's what really interests me. And it's shared by uh, um, a number of other kind of uh, um, interesting kind of um, thinkers that are um, that don't necessarily belong to the care ethics context, and I will refer to those later. I just wanted to mention also um, Nell Noddings, who is actually again sort of stresses uh, the relationship between the one that is caring and the one that is cared for in in um, in reciprocal in a reciprocal sense, and she actually says that these has an impact on their well-being on both people's person's well-being um, to say that again is not the carer that necessarily brings something to the cared for the cared for is also giving something back um, and um, and I wanted to mention uh, now a very important philosophical context I, I you know I'm not a, a philosopher let's say you, you mentioned that but I don't, I don't I'm not I'm, I'm someone who uh, uh, who 
believes that in order to understand how you know what we do in life <laughs> we 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 you know there is a, a search for something that always goes on and philosophy is a good uh tool to maybe um do that in relation to practical making through the art so i just wanted to clarify this because I, I i'm not talking from you know i, I don't think i'm an expert but uh, so, um but but so i'm throwing um uh, um, uh, notions there that I believe but you, trust, you know we normally don't trust experts that much so I just wanted to mention that there is this wonderful um, a philosophical concept um, that of um, Ubuntu from uh, South Africa and Zimbabwe so it's a very recent history, history and I uh, I'm learning a lot from kind of reading a little bit about this um, uh, way of conceiving uh, um, or not conceiving, but understanding how to relate to one another. And, and just to say that the, the, there is um, a very short sentence that summarizes, which um, says that um, uh, um, so in Ubuntu actually means that um, we um, are because um because of each other so we basically define one another uh because I we are because together so I, am, I am because you are yes i am because you are so it's this idea of uh of, of a community uh pre-existing uh, uh the very idea of relating to one another it it it, it, it uh, so is the coexistence is that the mm -hmm. uh, the um core of this um, idea of community and I think it's um, it's a very um, inspirational um, way of thinking um, so that you know the notion of wanting to relate to another person or that that you know the active wanting to do that is already embedded into the way we are and I think it's uh, really interesting so now, there's another, yeah. yeah sorry sorry go ahead go ahead sorry now, there was another thing that I wanted to go back to get ethics for a moment, just to say that uh, there are Joe and Tronto and uh, Berenice Fisher who actually talk about taking care of, and they say everything that we do to maintain, continue and repair our world so that we can live in it as well as possible. And in these, they actually include not only humans, but other species and, and the environment. And I think it's a very, uh, again, it kind of, I think in a sense um, um, it sort of summarizes this, this holistic way of, um, you know, placing oneself in the world uh, that is not separate from it all. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, you mentioned um, the concept of Ubuntu uh, yeah. and, and the concept of Ubuntu, you know, was, became, um, let's say, uh, Famous outside, uh, outside, outside uh, the southern Africa, uh, at least that were, uh, you know, in in the late in the late eighties, nineties, uh, yeah. or you know, during the struggle, uh, and especially from uh, um, uh, from Bishop Tutu, Desmond Tutu, and uh, and what I found particularly interesting, besides the fact that. Uh, Ubuntu is an interesting and inspirational uh, concept uh, is that it was one of the concepts that was um, at the base of, of a real revolution. Um, you know, you would, you would ask yourself, you can argue that without that, that, um, that idea, uh, you know, maybe the, 
transition uh, of power that happened in, in, in South Africa, basically from moving from apartheid before 1994 to, uh, to post-apartheid, you know, without having you know, a civil war or anything like this, uh, or without the, the fact that the, minority, the white minority, you know, had to flee the country and so on and so forth, had its role, you know, and it's, and it's a way that we can argue, you know, is one of those examples in which you take a philosophical concept you know, and it, it's applied to the experience uh, of the community of people. Obviously, it's more complicated than that, but there, yeah. is, uh, but there is something. So um, maybe like, I'm, I'm, so what I would like to ask and, and whether you have reflected or you thought about how the idea of ethics of care and, and, and the underlying concept of Ubuntu can be applied for our current situation. Yeah, and, I mean, again, I mean, I, I, these are things that I think as an artist and then in my work might appear to be quite abstract, in fact, but I think that, um, but I think that um, it's actually, this thinking is embedded in what I do practically, but in terms of care ethics and these concepts and how they can relate to these moments. You see, care ethics, as, as, as Virginia Held told me, uh, can be applied to anything. So if we, for instance, think about the economics and we start thinking about um, uh, practices of care in society, including motherhood, which was at the basis of one of my recent projects. Um, so motherhood um, is not only to do with a woman being a mother. I mean, it's, it's a concept that is to do with, you know, uh, 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 mothering, that there's sort of the idea of mothering, um, it sort of again goes back to the idea of taking care of others. So it's kind of, it's much wider than that. And also it's not, it's not only about, uh, yes, the woman as a mother is about the man, is about, you know, it's about anybody who feels they have that particular role of mothering. Um, so, so, uh, and that particular, that particular, um, project was, was, uh, based on, um, uh, kind of uh, thinking about um, the school run, so the 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 the, the moment when uh, when in the morning you take you take your child to school and what you know and what that what that does within the economics of a city. Mm -hmm. So um, so where I'm going with this is I'm going to say that actually the school run is so hated by anybody else around the city because, you know, it's sort of it's too much traffic if people uh, sort of go take their children to school by car. And of course, that undermines everybody else going to real jobs, doing real stuff that matter for the economics. And actually, you know, uh, caring for your children is a huge uh, element within the economy and yet is obviously not paid uh, and as much as that you know sort of there are many other practices of care in society which is either not paid or underpaid and so uh, you know if we were to think about these practices not because they should be paid necessarily but they should be valued in a different way and valuing these practices in society means to allow for these um, undermined practices to uh, be take, to take in place in a more um, uh, and to be facilitated in a different way. So, um, so that's just an example. And so then um, that might mean that actually, you know, uh, politicians will be 
more prone to facilitate that everybody will go to school by bike on foot and by bus and not taking the car that you know and that 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 will also benefit the environment and so on so i think that that's just a small example but i think that if you start thinking about those principles of 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 um uh, empathy of of collaboration co-functioning in society then uh the economy will 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 need to be re thought completely um, so that everybody can benefit in the same way and have a, a, a have a similar uh, you know loud voice in society um, and so um, you know th 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 there's um, the world can be turned upside down just like a revolution happened uh, by the Ubuntu concept it's, it's um, uh, and actually, um, everybody will benefit, and it's not um, so. Yeah. So, and there are many examples like this. And I think it's interesting what you're saying in in this idea that you know this idea of 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 revolution that again we can use it in a very loose way in this moment. And uh, uh, but but I think that the interesting part and the concept that you introduce here is a concept of value. Yes. It doesn't have to be necessarily anything that overthrown completely like our way of, of living, but simply by putting value and, and you know, differently in, in, in the current practices of society, then you can actually have a completely different uh, outcome. Uh, potentially, but but let me get to the to the second uh, you know ask you about the second uh, word that we talk about because we started with care um, with care and then with the ethics of care and then we moved there and and embedded within that concept there is this idea of uh, relationship you know of reciprocity you know and uh, and there there is when we were discussing um, there is in your work. Um, the work that I, that I would love you to to tell us a little bit about um, about Danilo Dolce's work, uh, yeah. you know, it has uh, uh, this. Uh, I don't even know how to translate it properly in English, but uh, this uh, uh, reciprocity, meiotic reciprocity, uh, um, that is a, is one of the other terms that uh, you know I tend to run away from. But that is quite simple in the end. It's not really. No, no. The the the, the concept. The concept. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just trying to, um, to, to, to say that sometimes like the word can be a little bit of a barrier, you know, but, but, but especially because then we started from care, we moved to a philosophy concept, we went down to South Africa, now we talk about reciprocity and you can take us to Sicily. Yeah. It is another, another very interesting context. So maybe can you give us a little bit more with this? So, um, Tell you who Danilo Dolce was. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, I just want to sort of link it to the dialogic and how, um, so, um, so, uh, so the link was to do with, with the fact that um, I defined my, my recent work generally, I define it as dialogic, which means that, you know, well, it comes from dialogue, of course. So, um, and, uh, and, uh, and the fact that um, it was, Nine, sorry, 2015, I went on a residency um, in Sicily, which was a, a great experience. And I wanted to go to the places where Danilo Dolce worked. So Danilo Dolce was a poet uh, and a sociologist and a pedagogist who, um, who defined this idea of reciprocal myeltics uh, uh, to, um, um, to 
Okay, so to, to bring, so what he was doing, he was actually teaching young children after the Second World War there, uh, children who wouldn't have had that many opportunities in life. And so his uh, approach couldn't be that of just any teachers that would say things um, and would be listened to. He wanted uh, this sort of uh, dialogue going on, this interaction. And the, the, the reciprocal maiotics really comes from um, uh, Socrates' maiotics, uh, where there is the idea of the midwife, <laughs> there is the idea of the, of the midwifery position from uh, the part of the master who helps the pupil to give birth to knowledge. So basically um, the idea that the pupils already have the knowledge in themselves, they just need someone to help them find it. And so he um, is inspired by these, but he actually, Danilo Dolci um, uh, um, uh, sort of introduced this idea of reciprocity because then he wants the master to be also changed by these experiences, not just him uh, asking the question and receiving the answer, but actually he allows himself to be um, changed by this answer. And I found this, uh, uh, this way of working extremely inspiring for me that I kind of at the time, I had already um, kind of uh, worked in, in sort of in an interactive way and with participants for some times. But I think that, um, that the idea of allowing yourself to be changed as an artist when you work with others uh, is extremely important. It's a little bit um, egoist as well because it's like you, you really feel like you need other people's feedback to be changed yourself so it's, you take something with you and it's true and in fact it's extremely enriching, enriching experience to, to, to be working with others. But um, the, the thing that um, it's really uh, interesting in, in, uh, in Dolce's approach is that um, he also wanted uh, this kind of, um, these experiential elements, this sort of everyday experience element to come into the learning experience. So um, the, uh, um, the way I actually, um, I guess, sort of embedded uh, his work in, in my practice was to um, uh, think, think in terms of spatial distance between myself and uh, the participants in, in a project. And I thought about this, this spatial element there um, and, and in positive terms. So for me, the kind of, um, uh, and I called it lo scarto, which in Italian, as you know, has got this double connotation. So lo scarto mm -hmm. it, it, it means, in English, would mean scraps, leftovers. Um, but actually in Italian, it's got a min, like a positive connotation in that when you go beyond uh, uh, that distance, when you overcome the distance, which can symbolically be defined also as, as, uh, as an obstacle, uh, then that gives you, that, then gives you that kind of, uh, uh, you know, you become empowered. You, you like, you have an instrument now because you've been able to do that. And so, uh, for me, it's a really interesting, um, I guess, space to, to be working and visualizing. Um, that distance between myself and others in 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 the dialogue in the relationship, and um, and this and it's and it's something that is in in many of my projects, and in in the recent project I, I mentioned, which is called the Seeds of Attachment, um, um, where I got mothers involved, um, and um, 
in that one, I um, so the idea was to try and understand how we get attached to a place in relation to our um, the people we love. So uh, so how does um, a mother um, um, sort of um, introduces their children to um, the attachment to a place, to the experience of a place. Um, and for that one, what I used was these dialogic sculptures, or water sculpture, that through which uh, by, by moving and opening the sculpture with the, with, with the person uh, contributing, we would create um, these 3D safe space, mm -hmm. uh, which I define as intra-place. So again, kind of that, that, that was the visualization of this distance uh, between the two of us, which was actually filled with the sculpture itself that was positioned in a way or another. So, so that distance and the way, and the way that distance is visualized, overcome, um, or looked at, it, it's something that I'm extremely interested in. Um, and, um, and I think this is how place comes into the conversation here because um because it it's it sort of it, it's something uh we we can't be without so it's sort of the way we relate to place is 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 what makes us who we are and um and uh, and so so that's what what's been interested me for, for a while um um, but more specifically, in 2016, I, I went for a residency at the Museum Quarter in Vienna, and that was really when I, I, I kind of I focused my work on understanding place attachment. Um, so I think I think it's uh, what's happening today, uh, which which when we found ourselves having to kind of deal with place. Uh, as we are told to do, um, so uh, sort of we are confined in a home and or we are allowed to go here and there, but not elsewhere and so on. Uh, the kind of having been dictated as to what it is that we can do um, on our daily life, um, it, it's bound to have a, an extremely problematic effect on our psyche. I mean, it's and I I have started thinking about it and I have. Um, and, but of course, the project that was supposed to be presenting and probably will happen, so just stay tuned, but, um, in the next few months, um, was already based on these. And so I think it's, uh, uh, it's been, it's been a bit shocking to actually have this massive experience, uh, of being forced to be detached from place in the way we are now. Um, and um and having to focus on the domestic and having to focus on uh which might have already been there but actually you know uh because the domestic is the only uh place where we can actually be who we want to be mm -hmm. uh when that itself becomes problematic as it is for many um maybe women, children, or maybe men as well. But when it is a problematic and unsafe place, then uh, that's, that's huge. And so um, there's a lot, there's a lot we, we should think about in these times. But yeah. I think it's, it's uh, cause you introduced basically, you know, that we move from the idea of reciprocity to the third world that is the world 
place and and you um you put it rightly so you know at the center of one of the main uh, um variables that now um you know we uh, we we tend to live it uh, because you know um we had a a conversation last week with uh, um with Roberto Casati um who uh, is a philosopher in this case in his in his full sense of the in his full term um and he was saying you know we were we were chatting he was saying that this is probably like the the biggest uh, um uh scientific and social experiment ever done you know you move one variable and everybody is confined in one place in one specific spot um and i think there when you were talking about place you know we're talking about place in a sense of confinement but then there was also the idea of place connected to the concept of distance so how place and distance play a role and to a certain extent even the concept of distance you know that distance become a place that distance become like a place or a non-place where things can happen uh, or where things happen and, and keep happening um there is a concept that uh that you mentioned to me uh when we were having when we were chatting and that i found fascinating um that is this idea of the power of geometry because in the end of the day you know when we when we put together uh, uh place and distance and ourself and connected to this idea of uh, of a dialogue you know then is a geometrical dance yeah. you know? and when you when you when you apply that 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 gaze when you apply that uh, that framework then that geometry can tell us a lot of things yeah. about ourselves so maybe can you tell us a little bit more about this yeah. so i've um i think sort of this goes back to the my uneasiness with with the whole concept of of um the digital and how um and how we are all bound to you know the confinement is also being confined to the digital which is which is organized uh by others for us so it's 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 um it's a space that is controlled by others um and um so i mentioned this idea of um a power geometry that is a sort of um, uh, Dorin Masse uh, uh, kind of uh, explains and the idea that actually, you know, sort of uh, geometry is really sort of goes back to the Cartesian idea of, of a way to contain space, control space. And so geometry has points and rules and uh, and, and is, you know, is a way of measuring it. And uh, I've always been fascinated uh, by by geometry and I kind of I played with it quite a lot and my PhD was really to try and um, and unpack a little bit uh, 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 or sort of trying to find if you know alternatives to this sort of visual centric uh, Western context uh, of, of of you know sort of Western philosophical context. Um, and of course, I mean, I was born in Italy, and sort of, <laughs> so I'm, I'm fully part of it. But I've always been a bit, uh, I've always found it problematic. And uh, um, and then it was only quite recently that I realised uh, that that 
why that is. And so, for instance, central uh, focus perspective is a way to control the vision towards a particular point. And um, and in the Renaissance, that had very much, you know, the, the sort of uh, the, the eye of God was very much the same point that was um, applied to central focus perspective. And so so so. So this is the Western world for us. And I think that sort of uh, to to open up to worldview is a way to also maybe try and look beyond that. Uh, but also, um, uh, you know, these sort of uh, geographers who are feminist geographers allow us to maybe uh, think about geometry and, and place in, in different terms to try and maybe define a, a geometry of difference. So, uh, so, um, so the the one thing that I presented in um, in Chicago in February at a conference there was 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 an attempt to maybe uh, uh, sort of um, uh, uh, kind of uh, um, open up uh, and maybe uh, um, re, um, reverse. Uh, uh, geometrical rules and and uh, and and uh, sort of unpack ways of of um, unspatializing space. So that means to kind of uh, try and uh, find alternatives to the way we actually you know draw lines in a particular way, and how how do we actually um, uh, find other ways to to um, not define space, but to, to to kind of think at space, memorize space, not just uh, by mapping it, but also thinking about our emotional experiences and so on in different ways. So, um, so this idea of uh, um, so it, it's a bit. Uh, it's also a utopic way of 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 working because the the very moment in which you try and represent space you go back to the idea of geometry i suppose but i think that to try and find alternatives is is um it, it's an interesting it's an interesting way uh of of uh, you know it's 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 a utopia we should probably try and uh um and um uh and, and put up there and, 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 and tell other people that they should try and do it. Yeah. Because uh, so, it, it is a utopia, you know, and, 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 I, and I agree with that. Um, but at the same time, you know, if we go back to this idea of this being like the biggest, uh, you know, uh, uh, social science experience ever done in history, um, when you were when you were explaining this idea of of the power of geometry in place, you mentioned about this idea of the focal point, this idea of that in other ways of the perspective. It's it's that this this translate in the gaze, you know, where you know from where and from where I see something, then uh, the perception of reality change drastically. So we we, we move from from care to dialogue, to place. But if we do the other way around, yeah. you know, and we start from place, and, and we take this idea of, of place, now that we have those concepts, considering this idea of the power of geometry, and considering how place would impact the way I look at things, you know, after a couple of months of confinement, um, does this create that chance, that trigger, that element that might actually 
activate a utopia, that might actually activate a possibility of a new gaze. Yeah. That going back, it goes with this idea of care and this idea of uh, dialogue and reciprocity. Yeah, I think it's uh, yes, completely, and and I think it's um, that yes, it provides us with that opportunity, but also um, it provides us with the opportunity to, as I said before, to kind of uh, look into uh, what these uncaring instances have been and how we can actually at this point respond with a newly found understanding of who we are in relation to our domestic uh, uh, um, our domesticity you know it sort of it i think we will have regained uh, an understanding of you know, uh, that particular corner of the bedroom and an understanding of uh, how you can relate to others close to you um, in one way or another. And even with, you know, situation, difficult situations that people might have in their home, uh, I think that there is an opportunity there for us to actually really uh, kind of make these uh, apparent so that it's been dealt with at, at a higher level and uh, so there are there are many things that come from our experience of the confinement uh, which also I think will have heightened our uh, you know uh, a the way we understand what is around us, or the way we relate to others, the way we are truly dependent on others, and the way really our relationship with others makes us who we are, um, because we've been missing it so much. So I think it's, uh, it is definitely, it has been a great opportunity. It's not finished, but I think it's kind of, uh, it is the moment now where we need, really need to think about uh, actively um, uh, caring for one another uh, and in order for uh, in order to think that um, everybody deserves a way to have a place in society in a, in a similar way um, and um, um, and I think that uh, yeah as, and as an artist I mean again I, I don't I don't think I can uh, give solutions but I, I think that to share a thinking process um, is already quite um, important mm. uh, or to share experiences that allow others to become aware themselves yeah. of what happens around them um, is really important. And actually, I think that awareness also equals with um, well-being, because when you're aware, then you are given a possibility to then make a decision as to what you want to do about things. And um, yeah, which sometimes it's it's sort of um, it's not difficult, but sometimes people um, think that is a little bit like psychology, but actually is not because uh, because you don't give people solutions, whereas maybe the sciences do give people solutions which they think they're exact. But uh, art just art just gives gives others uh, the opportunity to ask new questions, mm -hmm. um, and so. Um, and again, the question is, you know, like the dialogic and like uh, the reciprocity, the question already implies that there is uh, uh, there is 
um, a disposition for listening uh, from from that side. And I think that listening is uh, again was at the core of Danilo Dolce's uh, approach. And uh, and I think it's where uh, it's again you know that space between oneself and another is also uh, the, the the place for listening, um, where you put yourself in a position whereby um, you know you're there and you listen and to listen means to well, that, that distance become a possibility yes that distance yeah. become a possibility but let me so since we get closer to uh to 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 our last minutes um i remind everybody that that you can ask questions uh on facebook and also on zoom there is a q a button and you can you can go there to see whether there are some questions um I wanted to, to, to say one thing yeah. about which kind of, because I was writing to, you know, been working on this idea of, of, of care and on the kind of upcoming projects with, uh, uh, with, different, with you know, different people. But um, uh, Gabby Scarve is one of the curators I've been having a, an ongoing conversation about it. Uh, um, and then... Um, Yes, and um, and then I did this project at um, Homerton College, from which the the uh, the notebook also comes. So they're kind of thinking about care in in, in different ways. But actually, uh, there's one thing that came to me when I was writing in Italian about care, and is that care is translated uh, both as taking care of and sort of prendersi cura, cura. Uh, but also um, in English, um, you find the word uh, cure for cura, what in Italian is, is the same word. So in a sense, I think that because um, we, we did briefly talk about languages earlier and it's, I thought this was really pertinent, that actually maybe in Italian you have um, you have that. So taking care is already uh, something that includes a cure in itself. And I think it's a very yeah. interesting proposition, if you see, yeah. It is indeed. It is indeed. And, and, I think, and I think it also relates to, you know, the other key words that to me comes up extremely strong is, is this idea of process. Uh, and, and, and even when you take, you know, this, this, this specific and, and, and very precise difference between care and taking care that somehow it, it, it becomes one concept in, in Italian. Um, there is this aspect of, in care, there is this aspect of process. You know, there, there is something that is not necessarily something connected, as you said, to, to a solution. You know, and, and in this way, I think it's an interesting part, you know, this idea of care, uh, because in a way, and then we will need to go and look at uh, the, the specific uh, definition, and maybe you can tell us a little more about it. But, but in this way, the idea of, of cure has, as an end, has, a, has, you know, as a specific thing, while this idea of care, it has not. It has a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a process connected to it, yeah. you know, and, and I think that it connects well uh, in, in basically what you share with us today, that in the end, it's, it's this, you know, there are these moments in which certain processes can happen. And, and it's really important. And I think 
you know, the arts in general, art is, is a great teacher for this, point the accent of, of the transition of what is happening between point A and point B, not necessarily point A and point B, uh, because, because that is where uh, possibility happens. Again, that is where, uh, you know, uh, creativity happens. That is where imagination happens. That is where the next chapter can be somehow somehow written and 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 finding um those triggers uh, and in this case um you know i like what you said because it allowed me today to think about you know confinement as a possibility yeah. um not only to you know not only on the productivity side, you know, there's a possibility so I can read more or I can exercise more or I can do this more, you know, for myself, but as a possibility to, to trigger a new process and to somehow trigger a new gaze, a new perspective, uh, in, in, in things. And, and, and so <clears throat> this, um, this become really an opportunity, um, again, not in a, uh, too much, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, this idea of positiveness at all costs to kind of oh, say. Oh, no, you know, no, but it, no. Total. Like, it's not that at all. Like, it's really, it's really about um, something that is just, you know, an opportunity that we have, uh, you know, and it's really about us to really decide whether this is something interesting or, or not. I feel that you share with us a, a sort of, ecosystem you know because in the end you know again when we put all those three words together in the way that you that that that, that you you know with the, with the with the perspective or with the connotation that, that and the spin that you gave to us um then we're talking about an ecosystem because when we're talking about a possibility of an action uh you know and uh and and, and something that triggers with an idea of a reciprocity you know, and with this innate, you know, and with this somehow this this belief, you know, this innate idea of uh, of uh, of care, you know, and benevolence that is within each one of us. Um, and and again, I hope you know that I'm not making too much discredit to the to the to the to the feminist, you know, uh, movement that created you know, the idea of ethic of care, you know, so just trying, I'm just nicking in as a man, I'm just saying like some of us, you know, have it, you know, um, but, uh, but to, to extend that concept from a feminist one to a human one, you know, then it's about an ecosystem. And so I guess, you know, my last a little bit um, naive question is, is connected whether you see the possibility of a new ecosystem. Well, um, yeah, and actually, you know, that there's uh, not just me, but I kind of rely on um, on others writing about it. But actually, it's really these these connection between, you know, sort of because that's what eco feminism does, and it sort of it sort of puts us in a position whereby we can um, open up. Is not again, as I said before, not only about about women. Is about humanity as a, as a as a whole. So it's exactly what you're saying. Uh, but it, more in general, I think that um, it you know it, it, all of these uh, sort of concepts that we discussed today are about in the end trying to find a balance uh, and I think that the balance is 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 what an ecosystem stri- tries to do it's it's the idea of 
trying to find a, a context within which there are different points of 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 um, uh, connections and uh, and of of reactions and of dialogue between those points. And I think that um, sort of to to understand how you know how we relate to one another kind of to just uh, kind of look at the way we relate to others and and um and maybe kind of adjust the way we do it uh, i think it's it, it's very important and also it's it's something that uh that we benefit from ourselves i mean it's in general i think that you know if you start from thinking i mean this is really a buddhist position it's like if you start uh thinking about how you know you you position yourself in relation to others and their reaction is really very much dependent upon our, how you position yourself and i think that to start from uh where we are and um and open up to conversations to start with then those conversations will definitely happen and i think that if if you if you find yourself uh, being completely closed to anything that is out there, then um, then it is very difficult that this ecosystem will um, not welcome you, but that you will actually see it. I think it's it's mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah to open up to to others. It will allow you to actually see what's going on around you and uh, and and interact and take part um and actually benefit from and then yeah so i think it's reciprocity is really at the basis of it yeah um yeah Elena, thank yeah. you very much that was really great uh i think you really took us to possibly huh? <laughs> it was very abstract maybe but yeah i don't know no i don't think so okay. uh, i don't think so not at all on the contrary and and i, and I really you know, um, I think, you know, you, you, you shared with me, you know, like uh, a, a number of, of perspectives that I didn't necessarily consider or I didn't necessarily prioritize. And, and I think and I think in the end, you know, this is uh, this is this is in the end the idea of these of these moments. Uh, you know, so so I really again. Thank you so much for uh, for for taking the time and, and 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 sharing all this with us. Thanks for listening to our new podcast, Creativity Pioneers. If you'd like to check out other episodes and know more about our mission, please visit moleskinfoundation.org. Keep on following this podcast and share your comments on Facebook and Instagram at Moleskin Foundation. Until next time, stay creative.